excited you're joining us um this has been an incredible ride of a podcast almost a year and it feels like we're just getting started and join with me as always is mr ben frawley how are you sir what's up chris what's up people around the internet what is going on hope you're at home ingesting entertainment as well usually i was doing that before this all went down so it's not a big change but you know (laughs) so just nerding out bro (laughs) Love it, love it. And this week we are joined once again by Miss Lynette Williams. How are you? I am good, I'm good. You know. Just hanging out? Yeah, chilling with my cats like a villain. There you go, there you go. Uh, well, folks, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, uh, welcome to the party. And also what you should know is what we like to do here, because we are all entertainment carnosaurs, is basically bring some really interesting, fun stories from the world of entertainment, whether it be movies, music, TV, anything that entertains you, and we bring it to the podcast. But the kicker is we have no idea what each other are bringing to the table. So all the reaction comments opinions you know debates whatever breaks out it's all genuine and spontaneous um that's what makes it fun so looking forward to getting into this week so ben lead us off what do you got all right all right kids um going down uh avenue i haven't gone down in a while uh recently you know uh had a lot of time on my hands so like all of us so i uh bit the bullet and i bought spotify the uh, official account and so I can get into some new music. Nice. And so we had some new releases on Friday that I want to talk about. Uh, first of all, so it's a, kind of a double buffer story, but one of them is an interesting thing. So Pearl Jam had a new album come out on Friday called Gigaton, their mm. first album in eight years. Wow. Uh, I'm just going to just right off the bat, couldn't even get into it. Really? I tried multiple times. Um, it, it, the sound mixing was weird. And at first, I'm driving in my car, which is a pretty good, has like an Alpine stereo. So it's a really nice system in there. So I'm like, all right, I'll mess with the, the I just felt like the highs were too high. I don't know. It was, and I was like, all right, maybe I'm being like a little prissy music listener kind of thing. But then I turned on something else, sounded fine. I don't know. And then, I, I don't know. I, it was a miss for me, which is a big bummer. I'm a big Pearl Jam fan. And uh, uh, Jeff Lamette and uh, Jeff Lamette and... Uh, Eddie Vedder were on the Bill Simmons podcast. That interview was like two hours long. It's a phenomenal podcast. Nice. So the podcast is better than the album. That's my review of that one. Hmm. <laughs> um, but the the album that came out that same day that I want to talk about is an album by Lucas Nelson, who is Willie Nelson's son. It's an album called Naked Garden. It's on YouTube for free, and it's on Spotify. It is a phenomenal album. And so when I talk about this album, it's a mix of, I'm going to say, rock, southern rock, little country, but not too much twang. You know what I mean? I can't hang with too much mm. twang. <laughs> so, um, but when I, when I say just masterful use of instruments and playing with time signatures, so almost going down, like speeding up time, slowing down time, 
really interesting. They have a song called uh, "My." Let's hold on. Um, My own wave, and the song slows down, and it sounds like a wave going, and it's just really neat, simple songs. There's great. Uh, there's great songs called uh, "Civilized Hell." There's a great one called "Focus on the Music," and then "Couldn't Break Your Heart." Just. All around a great album. I just wanted to report that there's some great music out there. Spotify is a blessing and just, I don't know, keep discovering new music. Uh, guys, did you guys, you probably didn't hear the Lucas one, but did you guys take a look at the the Pearl Jam album? I, I heard one song from the album that sounded you know pretty good. I was like, okay, it's it's awesome Pearl Jam is back I uh, haven't gotten into the album itself yet but I'm I'll, I'm definitely gonna listen to it now and and take your your comment into heart because I'm I'm really you know interested in you know that that band I mean it's I love them so yeah yeah I, it was it was kind of I mean I don't want to bum anyone out I want everyone to go in <laughs> with like open mind and stuff I've been listening to the music exists uh podcast with uh Chris Ryan and um Klosterman and I I know that people's words can alter your uh, listening experience when you're listening to an album for the first time so I don't want to bum anyone out but I don't know I was kind of bummed out (laughs) just putting it out there (laughs) I know you know but to your point I love Spotify I mean now that they've kind of ironed out the whole paying the musicians issue that they're having in the beginning um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really, I'm really utilizing the service. Also great for podcasts, obviously. Uh, they've got a obviously. huge selection of podcasts, um, that, that are just, you know, fantastic. So do yeah, you guys, do you guys have Apple music and Spotify or just Spotify? I just have Spotify. Yeah, me too. Okay. Cause I have Apple music. So I found that when I paid for the Spotify service, I wasn't utilizing it as much because I had the Apple music. So yeah. that's interesting. Um, I went back down to the free service on the Spotify. Um, so I wonder, I wonder if that would be interesting, but I didn't listen to either of the albums. I was listening to Childish Gambino's new album. Mm. Whoa. And, Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that. When did that come out? Uh, that came out the same, I think the same day, Friday. Yeah. Oh, snap. Uh, you're right. Woo. Yep. 31520 is the title of the album. It's, it's a mind trip. That's all, all I'm right. going to say. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, I'm hearting that. I'm going to check that. Thanks, Lynette. Yeah, so, um, but really, I want you guys to check out that Lucas Nelson, and uh, he's been around for a while. He's been touring for a long time, kind of flying under my radar, but like I said, I just got Spotify again, so I love Spotify because you can go down these music vines and check out all these artists Mm -hmm. that are kind of related to everyone. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to start us off with some music this week. Love it. Love it. Lynette, what what do you got this week? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something because uh, I know we've we've all hearted the Watchmen. That's been a thing for us. Um, and I watched I binge watched Amazon's Hunters. Have you guys seen this? I have not. I watched the first right. uh, couple. Okay, so this is where I'm going with this. So it's a little different track because I was watching it without giving anything away. The Hunters is about um, a group of Nazi hunters in 1976. That's all I'm going to say, because that pretty much tells you what it is. So after watching the series, um, you know, and being a a half white, half black Jewish woman um, and converting into Judaism, so not being born into it um, and only knowing what I know about the Holocaust through my own personal research and what school taught me. I started wondering how much of the atrocities they talk about were true. 
So this got me down a well where I started looking up how much of it was true, how much of it was false. But then I started wondering about Amazon Hunters versus HBO's Watchmen in the sense that they are both, in a sense, revisionist history. Right. Um, where they take place in kind of a fantasy world, um, but they deal with real life things that had happened. Now, HBO Watchmen held very true to the real life things. Everything I looked up, they were like, oh no, this shit really happened. It's in. Whereas with Hunters, some of the stuff does not really happen. And so this is what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Do Because there has been an outcry um, about the fact that Amazon Hunters is not using the real life atrocities that they've created some. So do you think we need to owe it to people to be historically accurate if we're using a historical piece or is it okay to revision something like that? Hmm. So you're talking about creating a tr- an atrocity, so to speak, not necessarily Correct. the result of one. Right. They say sense. it takes place in a re- they say that they use the real name of one of the camps. They use the name Auschwitz. They use actually all the real names. Um, but the some of the things that they say happened in the camps, they made up for the movie or uh, for the TV show. I think, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I, I think because I was thinking along the lines of like Inglorious Bastards, where it's like the result is different than the reality, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the way they kill Hitler, spoiler alert, <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a good that's a good question. I mean, I, I, I have a problem. I think it especially in this context, when you're talking about the Holocaust, like it was already terrible as it, as it was. I don't think you Mm -hmm. need to create fictional things that happened in it to make it seem more terrible. If that makes sense. I don't know. Correct. So, um, I was reading on Esquire, um, Esquire magazine at Esquire.com that the author, because he got called out by the Ash, the Auschwitz Memorial trust and was like, what are you doing? And his response was, he thought that it would be more, more, wait, hold on, let me find it. Um, talk amongst yourselves why I'm finding this. Cause well, I have important. a couple of thoughts. I have a couple of thoughts on this. Uh, so, okay. um, so this is a big, you brought up the Watchmen and, and Chris, you brought up Tarantino. And of course, once upon a time in Hollywood did very similar things this past summer, of course, doing some revisionist yep. history where the outcome is different, but a lot of the facts are similar. Uh, I think the real big problem, as far as this show goes, and I've read the articles that you're talking about, and I know what scene you're talking about, Lynette, on the show, Mm -hmm. um, because I watched the first two episodes, uh, was you have these a-holes out there in the world still that are Holocaust deniers. And Mm -hmm. so now that you put something that's fake about the Holocaust into culture, they can say, ah, see, it's all fake. That's the big problem with this. That's what makes mm. this extremely dangerous because you have these a-holes out there that still are anti-Semitic and they're and now they can point to this and say, see, it's all make-beliefs that, you know, 8 million people didn't die and, you know, they can go down that road where, you know, if, I don't know, Brad Pitt takes out the Manson family, who cares, you know? Right. Good point. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that's the big issue that everyone had with it is 
we need, you know, and like you said, this was, and Chris said, this is already one of, this is the most horrific thing in the world to ever happen. And so you don't, why, why are you punching it up more and making it more dramatic? And it just seems kind of desecrating like the past and uh, not honoring those who actually lived and were killed during it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, he thought that it was going to be more, um, he thought that it was more of a, because I can't find the actual statement, but David Weil is the creator, um, whose grandmother did survive the Holocaust. He felt that it was going to be a, um, a bigger issue to have it be real because then it actually, it it takes away from the actual families that did lose or something like that. So I don't know. But I was also thinking about it because I watched um, the Life and Times of Madam C.J. Walker today too. And they revised a lot of her life for the purposes of entertainment. But they also put on inspired by, they didn't say that it was like right, right, an actual account. So this is my thing is, do you think that it helps people to do research like me or do you think I'm in the in the like in the minimal I think like, I think we're in the I think we, yeah I think we're in the minority I think like people don't do research I think that's what's dangerous about the show is now they watch the show now I guess I don't have to read a history book I watched that show so good <laughs> I point. think a lot of people do that you know what I mean Right. Well, hopefully people now are reading more because we have all this time on our hands. So, <laughs> Yeah. And I really hope that they know that The Hunters is a fictionalized account of something. Like, some of it, yeah, it's based on some rumors that are true. But, like, come on. Really? Like, I would hope people have better sense. I don't know. That was just my thing. I was just wondering. I see a lot more shows coming out like this based on history Though I guess we've been doing I, Hollywood's been doing that forever, so right. Mm. I'm just I just don't think we've ever attempted it with the Holocaust. Yeah, I just there's there's certain topics that I feel if you're gonna broach that subject, it's got to be done with just the the most careful hands imaginable. And I think the Holocaust is one of them. I think 9/11 is another. Um, I mean, I just think that these. You know, there's. I think there was like a Robert Pattinson movie that came out like a couple of years after yeah. Twilight, and like the big twist was that he dies in nine eleven, and and, and yeah. everybody, you know what I'm talking about, right? That they just like I saw it. You saw but my oh, friend gosh. ruined it for me. Oh, like, I didn't know that. I, that's how it ended. And no, I don't think anybody like, did. And it's like, yeah, the, the whole movie goes along, and then like he, he's shown like getting in, like go, walking into the building on nine eleven. It's just like, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh yeah, like, it's this. You think it's gonna be like a romantic? It's a, like set up as a romantic love story about this guy who can't get along with his dad, and like he finds the love of his life who like helps him to bridge this gap, and so like and the whole movie is like this until the last like five minutes, and all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck? Like oh, you're just like it's like that awful movie, the Matthew McConaughey movie, Serenity. About the autistic kid that's making video games, but it's like a murder mystery. I, I that whole what? thing is crazy. Oh my god! Wait, the, Chris, was that the name of the movie? Serenity? I I, I don't know. I, I don't oh. think I saw it. 
Okay, so this whole movie, spoiler alert, uh, don't don't watch it. It's a waste of time. <laughs> it's I, I wait, hold on. I'm going to look up Serenity. More, I think... more so, more so than Spencer Confidential. I still have to watch that. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes. Yeah, at least that's just something. That's just like a shitty action movie. This is ridiculous. Right, so, check out this cast. All right. It's McConaughey, Diane Lane, Jason Clark, uh oh my god, Anne Hathaway. It's this crazy movie. It's like it's a great kind of a flick it takes place down in the caribbean he's like a, a fisherman he might be hired to kill like a a, a a woman's like shitty husband and it's kind of like it's kind of a cliche murder mystery kind of thing and all of a sudden like mm-hmm. it like wakes up or something the movie wakes up and then all of a sudden it's like this autistic kid that's hates his stepdad and he's creating a video game about murdering someone i don't it's terrible <laughs> It's so terrible. I am not exaggerating. That's the plot of the movie. It's ridiculous. It's oh a, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> so I hate movies like that. I hate yeah. it. So, so yeah. revisionist history, I don't know. There might be some flaws, but at least you don't have si- <laughs> those movies. <laughs> oh, God. God. Good stuff on that. Good way to kick it off. I like it. Thanks. Thanks. I try. I try uh, to make it deep. All right. So for my first one, by the way, we're doing two this week each, right? That's all. That's what I planned yeah, for. Why okay. not? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was sure. like, as we're going through, I'm like, are we doing two or three? Anyway. Um, I mean, two plus Tiger King. <laughs> we've all seen it. Yeah. So everything's plus Tiger King. Everything's plus Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a grade. Like, I give you a B plus Tiger King. Um, <laughs> so mine is actually like literal breaking news. I just found this out minutes before we went on the air. Um, <gasps> So they just announced, so for any Law & Order fans that are out there, uh, Christopher Maloney is coming back to Law & Order as Elliot Stabler, except he's doing it on his own show. They're actually creating an entire Law & Order show for Christopher Maloney's Detective Stabler character. Um, for me personally, this is huge. Um I loved Law & Order SVU, especially when he was on it. Uh, I love Christopher Maloney as an actor. So to hear the two of them are coming back in, in united in this way is amazing. Uh, his show will also take place in New York, so there is an opportunity for some crossover with SVU in its final couple seasons. A little seasons. munch? Maybe munch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so M- Munch can make the jump from like three shows, Homicide, Life on the Streets, to SVU, to what? this sh- <laughs> Why not do it all, Joe? That'd be amazing. Um, so I'm I'm loving the fact that that Christopher Mullen is coming back into the Law and Order family. Um, you know, now that SVU is probably I would say maybe two seasons from probably ending. Um, you know, it it needs to be replaced, and there needs to be a successor to that Law and Order throne. And this this looks like it's going to be it. So um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of your reaction or thoughts on Law and Order, if you had any, about Christopher Mullen coming back and whatnot. Ben, let me start with you. Freaking awesome. Love Christopher Maloney. Same sentiment, Chris. Love love that guy. Love the character. Great, great murderer's row of characters on SVU. It's definitely my favorite incarnation of Law & Order. Uh, I can't wait to see what they do with him, what type of uh, police work he's going to be doing, if it's the same kind of work, or he's doing a different kind of detective thing, or I don't know. I, I'm, I'm wicked excited. Love that guy. Love his uh, comedic roles, of course, in Harold and Kumar and What Hot American Summer. So uh, <laughs> just love him all around, yeah. and I can't wait to see him in more shows, especially something produced by a, a thing called Dick Wolf. So I just can't wait. Yeah. 
So. Mm. <laughs> Have you seen him in Pose? No. No. Oh my God, he's in Pose in the first season, and he's he's. It's a new way of looking at him, kids. Ugh. You should watch Pose. He's well, you should watch Pose anyway. But he's on my short list of like, if he's involved, I'm gonna watch it. Like, okay. Yeah, here, here. Yep. You know? Yeah. But as for uh, Law and Order, I gave up on Law and Order way back when Sam, what's his futz, left. Like, I haven't watched an episode since then. I don't think Sam. Um, what's his Sam name? Watterson. Oh, Sam Waterson. Yeah. 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 I was like, eh, Connecticut's gone. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right, Ben, what's your number two this week? All right. Oh, I got a bunch. Uh, All right. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Pick only Um, the best for us. I know. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, let's do this. Um, So a lot of time on our hands, like I always say. Um, And I've been hitting up some, some, uh, what do you call it, classic video gaming. So I have the Raspberry Pi in my house, and Mm -hmm. I have it hooked up to this website called retroachievements.org. So uh, you can actually go in. So for people out there that haven't heard me talk about this before, Raspberry Pi is a little computer you can buy the parts off Amazon and construct yourself. Then you can hook it up to your Wi-Fi network, which then touches a retro achievements uh, website. So you can have uh, achievements like an Xbox achievement on your old school games. So I've been hitting a, a bunch of those, uh, doing a lot of Super Mario World, did SimCity with the kid. Uh, just banging out some achievements. But the reason why I bring this up is there is this great website and YouTube channel called um, Games Done Quick, and it goes through speed running. So they were going to have their Games Done Quick uh, event this April coming up, but of course it's canceled. But good thing about video games is people can do those over the computer with a live audience. So it was going to be... Um, actually... It was going to be this summer, but they're going to push it back a little to... Uh, they're going to move it up to April 17th. So this is going to be online. You can watch people do speed runs. So on this Game's Done Quick, they have uh, Tandem Mario going. They have uh, people trying to beat the world record of speed running like Mario World. Also, they have they had this one where it was um, blindfolded um, uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, which is epic. It is one of the most crazy videos. This guy memorized the sounds from Mike Tyson so he can do it blindfolded. Mm. Crazy stuff. So if you got some time on your hands, people are going to be speedrunning video games live on the internet for you. So that was my big story for this week. <laughs> I love it. I love these speed-through uh, playthroughs. They're, they're fascinating to watch. Uh, personally, I don't know if I could ever play a game like that. I don't know. It's just not, like, not my style, but... Um, yeah, That's I was awesome. showing Katie. I was showing Katie last night the guy that I think it's two years ago. He did the Mario World speed run, and you know Mario World is one of her favorite games. SNES, you know Mario World, great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one with Yoshi, of course. Uh, and the way they play these, it's they don't hit back, they don't hit left once. It's just running and flying and jumping. And these guys have this game down to a science where they're flying above the, the world and below the world. They, <laughs> It's just crazy. And so if you ever watch that, it's like nine minutes and 45 seconds. He beats all of Mario World. No glitches. Just speed runs through it. And it's just crazy. And, you know, it's one of her favorite games. And we're sitting here. I think she's on. Um, she's in the cave. She's in Choco Valley or something like that. And, it, you know, it's a long game. It takes, like, a long time to piecemeal it together. And this guy does it in nine minutes and 42 seconds or 45. It's great. So. They're awesome videos to watch on YouTube, so I can't wait for this live event to be streamed over the world. We're all going to be watching. (laughs) 
Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Lynette, what's your number two this week? My number two actually has to do with, since we're all stuck in quarantine and we like to look at beautiful things, uh, like I said, I watched the Madam C.J. Walker, um, um, that thing, that oh, the Netflix series, the uh, self-made, uh, The Life and Times of C.J. Walker, but I went on a deep dive. I did a Bobby, well, not as good as Bobby, but I went on a deep dive, um, so I wanted to find out how much of it was true. And then I forgot that her house was actually in Westchester County, New York, which is not far from um, my house. But I wanted to know if it was part of, um, I wanted to know if you could like go see it, if it was still standing and what's going on. So it is still standing. Um, she was a neighbor of Rockefeller. Um, but because we can't leave our house is, you can go to Google's Arts and Culture and see it on their web, on their app. Um, so you can take a virtual tour of it, uh, while they're re renovating it, which I think is really freaking cool. So, um, it's just a little blurb about Google arts and culture so that you can see the house. You can take a virtual tour, see the rooms where she really lived as the first self-made, uh, female, uh, African-American millionaire. Um, it's just kind of cool to be like, yo, this woman was started as a slave and then became a millionaire to live next to Rockefeller. Like, that's pretty sweet. And she had the house to boot. Like, her her house was balling. So I'm just saying. It's something to go look at. Nice. And then you can also look at all the other arts and cultures things about her, too. So. Very sweet. cool. This is on Google yeah. Maps, you Free. Uh, Google Arts and Culture. It's a special app from them. Uh, hmm. You just download it. And literally, you can look at... Uh, they've got collections from all over the world, including the Met, I believe. Uh, the Louvre. Um, so if you want to go take a virtual tour of some artwork, it's a nice way to pass the time in our self-contained, uh, areas. Yeah. That's wow. great. So, that reminds me, one of my, my favorite hobbies to do right now in this isolated times is going on Zillow.com, which is the greatest real estate website ever invented. Yes. App, and looking at houses, 35 million and more. Uh, <laughs> And just imagine life living in some of these spaces and the things that um, people pay for. It's it's ridiculous. So uh, I don't know why I just thought of that with you talking about house tours, but that's just <laughs> that's where my mind went for well, a virtual second. tour. Yeah, you're doing virtual a virtual tours. tour. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's um there's a house in San Francisco that's selling for forty two million, and it has a Batman Batcave entrance to like their garage. No. Like <laughs> like this gate opens up and you drive in and it curls around and around and she gets the garage. Oh, uh, just that's like, awesome. Little things here and there that I just love. It's like if I had the as soon as this podcast blows up and we sell it for four hundred million, like that's that's my first purchase. So there you go. Sweet. <laughs> All right, so for my number three, um again, you know, looking for things to do uh during self quarantine and whatnot, if you're looking for some interesting streaming options. Uh, I came across this thing on Disney Plus. Ben, I know you canceled your Disney Plus subscription. Oh, I, you... I got it back. Oh, you got it back. I got it back. For yeah, because this... I'm doing the uh, the Marvel run chronologically. Oh, sweet. So, mm. yeah. Sweet. Uh, you'll have to update us on that journey, by the way. Yes. Um, but uh, on Disney Plus, which owns uh, the, the National Geographic thing, there's a great series called Wicked Tuna, or Wicked mm. Wicked Tuna. Uh, yes. As, as it's so, wicked tuna. Wicked tuna. Uh, so imagine deadliest catch, basically, but it's instead of Alaskan king crab, it's uh, basically bluefin tuna off Gloucester, 
uh, Massachusetts, which is the home, the setting for uh, the perfect storm, the book and movie. Um, but it follows these fishermen who go out and basically, you know, catch these fish and they do it not by these big traps or things like that. it's all like hand reels um, and stuff like that. So they're literally like fighting these fish to bring him into these boats. It is fascinating uh, to watch. And um, it, it's, these series always entertain me because the job itself is interesting enough, but they just add in like the human drama here and there to make, just to sprinkle it up. And of course, when you're talking about the personalities of you know, Gloucester, Massachusetts, the possibilities are endless for, for good reality television. So oh, yeah. um, I highly recommend it. If, if you have the Disney Plus or National Geographic, it's on there. Um, wait, think, that, wait oh, I'm sorry. You, I missed that. So that's on Disney Plus, dude? It's on Disney yeah. Plus. Oh, yeah. I love that show. I was actually ordering that show. I was, like, <laughs> buying the season. I love that show. No need to purchase. I, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I don't have cable, so I was ordering off of, like, Amazon here and there. That's phenomenal, yeah, dude. so the whole thing is on National Geographic's section of Disney Plus. Um, it's, it's just fantastic. So just watching these guys wrestle these fish, uh, these gigantic, gigantic fish, uh, which, by the way, uh, uh, like one of them, I think they said is like twenty thousand dollars. Oh know, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. I I love that show. That show is high drama. <laughs> it's awesome, and I I don't know. It's just about how they pass the time on the boat, and of course, like the deadliest catch, them arguing with each other is just phenomenal. Right. There's one guy. Wait, who's the guy? Is it the guy that just yells at everyone? Is it Dave? I think Captain. So. Dave Captain or Dave or Sully or Joe Exotic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, he yells at everyone and he's such an a-hole to everyone. It's so great. No, it's not him. It's another guy. Tim Officer. Oh, I don't know. He is phenomenal. No one can get along. Everyone wants to quit the boat like every season. He's like, I guess I'm going with this a-hole again. It's so great. And they have the wicked Boston accents and they're just yelling at each other. Oh, it's other. great. It's great. It's, it's so great. I, I just, I, it's great. It's great reality TV. I feel like I'm watching my wife's like extended family when I watch that show. So. <laughs> Fight over a fish. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Good stuff, folks. All right. Well, let's go YouTube in. Let's go YouTube in. YouTube baby. Ben, what are you watching this week? All right. I got a couple uh, pics for you. Let me pull them up right here. I got some uh, nice catches on the YouTubes. Uh, so... All right, so uh, let's see. This was Thursday last week, right before I had to go to work. And um, uh, there's a video called uh, Johnny Cash, the story behind the cover of Nine Inch Nails, Hurt. So it goes through how this song got to him. Of course, you know, he was working with Rick Rubin and stuff like that. And he got to, you know, Rick Rubin introduced him to the song, but... Uh, actually has interviews. So this person compiled like interviews with uh, uh, Trent Reznor and Johnny Cash and uh, Rick Rubin. It is phenomenal. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but every time I hear that song or see the video, I tear up. Uh, it was before I went to work. I was bawling like a little baby. There's something about that video because I think June Carter... Uh, Cash passed away mm-hmm. two months after the video, and then he passed away two months after that, or something. It is just the way it's filmed, and she's standing on the staircase looking at it. My God, I lose it every time. So, of course, I watch the video, and I'm like, all right, watch this video, and then I'm like, all right, I got to put the video on, and it just, oh, it just hits Get, me every time. time. Mm. Oh, every time. Um, anyway, and then on the lighter side, 
I want to talk about Soon Films. This is S-O-O-N Films. That's the name of the channel. But all this channel is, it's all about Korean street food. Ooh. So okay. I was looking for some good food. So I ran into the Barbecue Pit Boys. I think I talked about them uh, a couple, like a month ago or something like that. And they're great. Barbecue Pit Boys on YouTube is phenomenal. Just them cooking meat on the pit. And it's just these dudes with beards. This one, this guy just films uh, Korean street food, and this one is a cheese bacon hamburger, and it is just filled with, like, fried cheese and bacon, and sometimes they'll do, like, a bacon, like, uh, grilled cheese. It all has to do with bacon, and it just looks like delicious street food. I was salivating in my basement last night watching this. It was awesome. So those are my two YouTube picks right there. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. Lynette, what do you got? Nothing. <laughs> really? I kid you not. I was totally streaming all week. I was I was all about whatever I could watch on Netflix to catch up um, and make sure that I was up to date on anything you guys could talk about. Okay. Okay. Well, so. anything other than like Tiger King and all the other stuff that that's on there? Anything interesting that you saw this week? Uh, I think I already talked about it all. <laughs> oh, I started The Expanse. That was good. Okay. Have you guys seen that on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime? Not yet. Sci-fi, it's kind of good. A little complicated at first, but well worth the watch. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Well, for my YouTube in this week, you know, it's again we're talking about times and things that you have to do to to kind of keep the kitties uh, occupied in a way. Yeah. Um. So thankfully, some glorious genius out there decided to take a video camera and basically video like a point of view of like every Disney ride ever, so to speak. So oh. yeah. Oh snap. It's called SoCal SoCal Entertainment and or so excuse me, SoCal Attractions. And literally what all they do is just sit in the front row of every theme park ride and just you know, record. So <laughs> what I did was I put the kiddo in a laundry basket and <laughs> tr- turned off all the lights in the room. And just had him focus squarely on the TV. And then I would just like jostle the, uh, I put the um, laundry basket on top of this like footstool thing. So I kind of had full like 360 movement of it. And I just literally jostled him around as if he was on a ride. And you know what? He had a blast. He had a blast. That's awesome. Yeah. So for for parents, especially like little kids that you can still put in laundry baskets and, and move around, you know, uh, I highly encourage this. Um, oh, so, this is awesome, dude. I cool? got it up right now. You got yeah, it up this right is now? great. And, uh, you know, I saw there's been videos put out of like parents taking it a step further and literally like creating rides in their houses and then dragging kids on like sleds through, through the house. Um, <laughs> it's like somebody did with this like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's freaking hilarious. So, uh, and, and a lot of these parents and families were, were ones that had tickets to go to Disney or Universal Studios and Sally can't go. So, um, yeah, if you're if you're looking for a way to entertain your kids right now, SoCal Attractions. I mean, basically, you just you know, look up Disney rides on YouTube and you'll see all these videos. Um, they're fantastic. But SoCal does it right because uh, they kind of do it with. Uh, GoPro cameras. They're sitting in the front row, so there's nobody in front of you. Uh, it really does feel like you're in the actual ride itself. And they're they're actually, I think, either them or someone else is taking it a step further and have actually done it for VR goggles. So now you get this full 360 look around. I was around. just going to ask you that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, 
yeah, again, if you're looking for, even though it kind of spoils the ride, I guess you could say, if you've never been on it before, um, you know, it's still a great experience. So there you go. It'll still be amazing when you, you know, propose to your fiance when Jaws pops out of the water. Ah, <laughs> 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 I had to throw in the mall rats. That's the most romantic thing I've ever heard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Speaking of which, I don't know if you saw this. Jason Lee was trending today on Twitter. Oh, and I, no. Not the same Jason Lee. But, oh. <laughs> but it was, it, I guess there's this, like, personality or something like that named Jason Lee, and he was oh. fat-shaming people or whatever. But I was like... But half, <laughs> so it's not the skateboarder slash mall rat star, <laughs> Jason Lee? But half of the reaction was like, we saw Jason Lee tre- trending, we didn't know why, and they just put up a bunch of Brody pictures. i love my favorite my favorite brody line i mean there's a lot of great brody lines in the whole movie but my favorite was um hey kid you were phenomenal on stage today you ever thought about hosting your own talk show yeah of course (laughs) 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 like oh that's just knee-jerk reaction (laughs) oh Oh, my my favorite is you know was it how half no fury than a woman scorned for sega (laughs) <laughs> I love that one. And then it's like it's like my grandmother used to say, "Why buy the cow when you can get the sex for free?" <laughs> Hartford the whale? <laughs> they beat Vancouver once twice in a lifetime. <laughs> I mean, I could sit here all day and call them all Yeah, ones. we could just do that all day. <laughs> Good stuff. Also, hey, before we get out of here, Please. can I just say um, you know what's the greatest thing ever is Having someone new in your life, you know, I'm going to get a little sappy here. Whoa now. And um, introducing them to your favorite YouTube videos. That is intimacy times a thousand. And then just I thought going we weren't going to talk about this. That's right. And, and talking about the, uh, you know, Chris, introducing her to Mr. Show is Ugh. like the lie detector sketch. It is. All time. <laughs> and it's, I got to say, it's a good test for your relationship because it's of like. Of course. If she gets it and thinks it's hilarious, then, I mean, you've got something there. Well, because we watched Better Call Saul uh, this week, which Better Call Saul, I've said this before, is peak television right now. Like, my God, this season is so good. And on the show, this doesn't spoil anything, Saul is, um, he's making some, uh, what do you call it, Um, slam ads or whatever. What do you call that when you're you're slamming someone in commercials? Like, uh, when you're messing with someone, like... uh, Oh, like tear personal attack ads. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So he's doing that. He's doing that for someone on the show, and it reminds me of the Fairsley promise on Mr. Show when the the supermarkets are fighting. <laughs> There's so many crossover. We don't have people live <laughs> defecating in our store. <laughs> or it's like just <laughs> just. It was so oh, many crossover because Bob Odenkirk does the voiceovers. It's so amazing, and and so. Anytime there's a Mr. Show reference or something like that, phenomenal. Anyway, but that show's great. So That kind of reminds me of, like, the Chinese buffet test for me. Like, you know, oh. the Chinese oh. buffet is, is a place of, of reverence for me. Okay. Oh, and, me too. Go ahead. Yep. You know, like, when I'm in a new relationship or when I used to – I shouldn't say when I'm in a new relationship. When I used to be in new relationships. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm in one. <laughs> let me, let me <laughs> when that, I'm on the road. Let me edit that part out. Uh, okay, Chris. Uh, self-disclosing right. today. <laughs> Again, like I said, kids. Kids. Well, uh, one that you know of. (laughs) Um, So I used to bring my girlfriends to the Chinese buffet as like a Mm. test of like Mm. if you if they thought this was a great concept and enjoyed it, then you know what? There's something there. If they thought that this was a joke and terrible and trashy and whatnot, well, that's the end of the road for us. So 
Yeah. Well, it's like what, what what's going on there? Is this like this isn't first date, is it? <laughs> no, this is like this is like third weekend. Like this is okay, like Okay, like like lunch like lunchtime yeah, or like when like we that, start or... getting honest with each other. You know, like stop right. being polite, we start getting real. Like this is like yes. you know? <laughs> sweats at the Chinese buffet. <laughs> it's like, look, you need to know there's a there's something in my life that is important to me and I want to <laughs> share this with you and um my my current wife literally like went mm. to town at the Chinese buffet, like she she almost ate me under the table, and that's I was what just gonna ask. Was. I, I yeah, think I, I, I think I dropped that. the L bomb on her, like in the car. Wow. I like, uh, I should have. I, I was ready to buy a ring that day. I'll put it that way. So wow, there you go. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Mine's mine's musical theater. That's when that's when I know if nice. you can arrive on time for a musical theater show, knowing I'm late for everything else, then we're good. It's wow. gonna be yeah. a good thing. Yeah, you just don't want to like Toby Maguire at like in Spider Man Two, right? <laughs> I want I want Bruce Campbell's job up. though. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Camp, just just the guy that sits outside and hey, you know, there's a lot of people's girlfriends in there, buddy. <laughs> we we feel we feel that it disturbs the illusion of the show. <laughs> this is one of the best best parts in a movie ever, especially a giant blockbuster movie like that. Bruce oh, Campbell is the best. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Ben, where can people find you on social media? What's going on? Anything you want to update us on real quick? Um, actually, oh, snap. Um, there is this Syracuse trivia time. It's this local kind of uh, you know, trivia thing that used to – when we used to leave the house, <laughs> there was trivia at bars and restaurants and stuff. And that's our local guys. You know, They do the trivia thing. And me and Bobby and Katie used to go all the time. This was uh, way back, like a month ago. We used to do things like this, but oh, anyway, they're hosting. That's right. Uh, and um, but recently, they're going to be hosting live Friday trivia. I don't know how it works, but they needed some music to play in between uh, when people were answering questions. So uh, they reached out to local artists, and they're going to be playing some Elephant's Gerald uh, before the um, the podcast. So Elephant's Gerald is my band. You can find us on the Google. That's elephants with a Z. And then uh, you can uh, check that out. And Live Nude Swearing on YouTube is always my liked pages. You can check out all the liked stuff that uh, I say on the podcast. There you there go. There you go. Good stuff. Lynette, where can people find you on social media if you want to be found? Uh, I don't know. In the another sphere. Um, no, uh, I could be, you know, I could be found on Facebook under my name, Ellen Lynette Williams. Uh, also on Insta under FuzzWiki, uh, old college name. And uh, that's that's pretty much all I got for right now. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Well, I you know, quick uh, couple plugs here. Um, so, of course, you can find this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Network at onstageblog.com. We're also on Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Basically, anywhere you can find podcasts, you will find this one uh, as well. We've got a bunch of new stuff that's coming out, but a couple of cool things I want to mention real quick. Our alma mater, real quick, Elmirth College, uh, is doing a cool thing this week on Instagram. Um, where basically they're tag they're they're asking people to post pictures of college theater that they did at Elmira. So I know oh, there's I saw a that bunch of alumni that listen to this podcast. So get on there. I shared a photo from Hotel Paradiso uh, today. Uh, you know, Ben in a dress and me in a fez. So it's a good, good photo. <laughs> I just remember Ben, your lip, your upper lip being destroyed by the spirit gum. Oh, I that tell show. that story all the time. Just ripping that 
mustache off, putting it on in Act Two and ripping it off before Act Three. Remember going to the Green Derby, and like <laughs> it was like red. It was blood red, like blood. And I think I I cooled it down with some Killians <laughs> from the as, Green Derby, as everyone should. As everyone yeah, right. should. Uh, guys, thank you so much for this week. I really appreciate it. Yes, Not sir. No problem. Good thank stuff. you. All right, folks. We'll see you right here next week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment.